0: Hour number three of the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Together, we discuss the news of the week, the events of our sometimes bizarre lives, and we do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. In hour number three, we will, um, well, we'll try to lighten the load a little bit, uh, Leah. There's, uh, you know, there's some other stories that I intended to get to, including a couple of uh, supposed hate crimes that turned out to be shockingly fake. I know that's...
1: (laughs) stunning Any uh, racist bananas going uh, on in si- there
0: similar but and i don't think they involved a banana but but um uh they were you know touted as uh, racist hate crimes and turned out they were totally false in fact the people uh who made the claim were the ones who actually perpetrated them i know that's stunning really? I, I think that only happens maybe 70 to every 80, time almost every time depending on the institution um also, I should at least mention, did you happen to hear that Coca-Cola has had to pull a, an ad? Because get this, it had white people bringing Coke to um, Mexicans, and the indigenous people of Mexico found this to be offensive, and so Coke has pulled the ad. Uh, Why
1: is it offensive?
0: Because apparently – I didn't see the ad. I just read about Coke pulling the ad. But apparently there were only white people who were bringing them the Coke, and it was basically – Kind of like, you know, condescendingly—at least in their minds—it was a condescending issue of, you know, that these people are, are so poor and so backwards they don't even have Coke, and here are these young white people uh, saving the day while, while bringing them Coke. And so, oh my
1: God, I know that's where we
0: are. That's where we are. Oh. That's where we are. So um, I'm sick of all that stuff for this week. Uh, In the next segment, I want to talk about college football a little bit and then also the game that uh, the high school football game that I was really, really, really revved up about uh, this weekend. And I'll explain why, because there's a very good reason. But first, I do want to at least address the Democratic side of the race to the White House 2016. Of course, that. Begins and ends with Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. And once again, the theme with Hillary, and I, I I know I sound like a broken record, but this is really important for conservatives to understand. Every single week, we see evidence for why she's going to be formidable. And it's not because of something that happened. It's because of something that didn't happen. Her immediate, and I mean immediate reaction to the San Bernardino terrorist attack was... Gun control, right? It, Immediate mm-hmm. reaction was gun control. She suffers zero Nothing. blowback. Media reaction to this. Once again, she has misjudged the situation badly. This is our the smartest woman in the world, and yet we get crickets. We get crickets. A former
1: Secretary of State can't even recognize a terrorist attack.
0: Exa- thank you. You said it exceedingly well, Leah Brandon. And she gets no blowback that's a, a blow that should have caused maybe not a mortal wound but at least something more than a flesh wound she doesn't even get a bruise out nothing of it. nothing mm-hmm. and that's why she's going to be formidable similarly similarly last week we talked about the fact that she had tweeted out that all rape accusers should be believed this despite the fact that her own husband had at least a couple of different women claimed, depending on your definition of rape, at least sexual assault. And in one case of Juanita Broderick, specifically rape. And she suffered no blowback for that at all. Now, this week, she did get asked that, not by the media. Of course, not the media. <laughs> the media would never ask her this question. She somehow got asked this question. At an event of hers, I'm sure somebody got fired for allowing this question to be asked, unless this was a setup. I do think it's possible this was a setup because the name Juanita Broderick is badly mispronounced uh, in this question. like she's reading it for the first time. Right. So here's the question to Hillary Clinton and her incredibly... Condescend. I'll, I'll let you just describe it for yourself. Her answer is a nauseating uh, But here at least the question was asked of Hillary Clinton.
1: Say that all rape victims should be Believed, but would you say that about Johnny e. Broderick? Kathleen Wiley and or Paula Jones should we believe them as well? Well, I would say that everybody should be believed at first until They are disbelieved based on evidence Oh, yes.
0: Okay, now, you wanted to say something about Hillary's facial reaction when giving that uh, nauseating response.
1: Yeah, because we've all heard about the emails that say that Huma Abedin, her chief of staff, has to warn everyone that talks to Hillary that she gets easily confused. Um, So as Hillary is answering this and the people start clapping, she seriously looks like a three-year-old who is performing for her parents and remembered what her parents wanted her to say. And she smiles this bizarre smile in reaction to the clapping. It is so scary. She's like a puppet. Now,
0: that would go to the idea that this question was a setup. Do you believe that? Yes. Yes. I mean, when, and I, when I was listening to that, not only did that, the questioner blow Juanita, she also blew Kathleen Willie's last name. Now, the reason why that's important is again, I always say, all right, if something is true, what would that mean? Let's use our brains. If someone is going to ask Hillary Clinton a question like this, they gotta believe in this question a lot. Especially a young woman, right? Because <laughs> yeah. you're gonna you, this crowd is gonna hate you. Hillary's gonna scowl at you. So you gotta go to the event. You gotta get somehow get yourself in a position to ask the question. And you gotta have the guts to ask the question. Doesn't that person that has that much passion? wouldn't they know what Juanita Broderick or Kathleen Willie's names are because they would know about the
1: subject, right? See, I thought it was a setup from the other side. It never occurred to me that it was a setup from her. Well, I'm just saying— But that makes more sense. Right. A right-winger who goes
0: through this is not going to blow Juanita Broderick or Kathleen Willie's name that badly. But you're right. There's no way. No, you're ab- you're a hundred percent right. And so this was a setup. Now, why she would want this question, I don't know. I- because of what happened on Twitter. Well, but of course, my my response was, could you please tell me what evidence you're referring to? And I mean, please, because I've spent three and a half years on the Penn State case trying to have somebody give me an answer to. So what evidence indicates that something like this didn't happen? Because I can't get a straight answer from anybody, and I know the Juanita Broderick case and the Kathleen Willie case and the Paula Jones case pretty darn well, and I don't know any evidence you're talking about. By the way, in the Paula Jones case, there was a settlement. There was a That's settlement. Right. So so what, what, what evidence are we talking about here that it didn't happen? Um, of course, but she says that. Everyone cheers. Media is not going to follow up. And, and she smiles. And, and I, you know what? I think I think there's a better than 50-50 chance the whole question was a setup.
1: Now you're uh, right. Yeah, you've convinced me it's done, it, it makes so much sense. Well, that's what I'm it's here done, for. That's done. What deal. I'm, that's what I'm here for. All right. <laughs>
0: when we come back, uh, it's been way too serious a week. So we, we like to talk about uh, college football from time to time. Obviously, this is a big weekend in college football. And uh, I think you'll be interested in what we have to say about uh, what's going on there. Plus, we'll get to some other things before the hour is out on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. She broadcasts from Birmingham, Alabama, where they care about guns, Jesus, and college football, especially during this time of year, all three of those things. It's a big time of year for guns, Jesus, and college football. Yes, and it is. Uh, I broadcast from Southern California, where people barely even care about themselves, although they certainly did care about the San Bernardino terrorist attack uh, this particular week. Our favorite sport on the John and Leah show, although this is unofficial, I think I'm pretty safe in saying this, is college football. You bet. Um, and this is a new phenomenon for Leah ever since she moved to Alabama from Southern California, where we met at KFI in Los Angeles, uh, because you didn't care at all about college football or any nope. sport, really. Nope. Before you stand it. Before you moved to Alabama, I have been a college football fan ever since I was a young kid, growing up in the suburbs of philadelphia as a notre dame fan and i am really tortured by college football uh, because (laughs) i love it so it's a lot like looking at what's happening with the country i love this country and i love college football and i can't stand to see both of them getting destroyed before my very eyes and not being able to do a damn thing about it Um, and i think there's actually some similarities because in both situations, it's a lack of regard for tradition, and it's a, an emphasis on money that, and greed and stupidity that is killing both the nation and college football. And on the surface, both are doing exceedingly well, at least from a money standpoint. Uh, college football has never been more profitable uh, in some ways. In some ways, it's not. But it, certainly the playoff system has been fantastic for making some people money. And this particular weekend... We had the end of, I guess you'd call it the regular season for college football, the conference championships, and the selections for the Bulls and the playoffs. And, of course, as we predicted for many weeks, Alabama won the Southeastern Conference. They're going to the playoff. And as a matter of fact, Lee, I don't know if you remember this, about two months ago I said, wow, there's going to be chaos when it comes to the playoffs. Yes,
1: you did. And then
0: a month ago I said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. There's not going to be any chaos at all (laughs) because all the fog has lifted. And it's turned out exactly that way. There's been no, there's no chaos. I mean, there's never going to be less chaos than there was in the choosing of the four teams. Uh, Clemson is going to play um, in the one semifinal, uh, and Alabama will be the top seed in the other. They're going to play Michigan State, and Oklahoma will play Clemson. So those four teams, they've each won their conference championship. Uh, One's undefeated. As it should be. As it should be. No, absolutely as it should be. So now I'm not complaining about that, although I I don't really like this system very much. Although it's interesting to note how – close even this year where it's very obvious which four teams should get in how close this year came to still having total chaos because if you consider what happened in that old miss arkansas game which was the most crazy (laughs) ending of all time right with the the arkansas player throwing the ball backwards and fourth and 26 and and old miss losing if that doesn't happen now you don't know for sure because Ole Miss, you know, things could have changed psychologically and maybe Ole Miss loses to Mississippi State in the last game or something. Who knows? But but in theory, if that play, that crazy play doesn't happen, as a, and a couple of others after it, Alabama doesn't win their division. They right. don't even get to play for the SEC title. The, the committee has to figure out, okay, what the hell do we do with this really good Alabama team with only one loss but not even a division title? Oh, do we keep the sec out of this totally and then what happens to michigan michigan state doesn't even get to the big 10 title game without that crazy play against michigan where they can't even get a punt off on the last play of the game so if, if those two insane plays don't happen this entire scenario is completely different it's totally different
1: well, and- god loves alabama so you think? we're good. You think that's what it oh, is? Oh yeah. So, so
0: what, what, where was God last year? What, what happened last year?
1: <laughs> I don't know, but we're always at least, uh, you know, going all the way or close to it. Well, look, we have the most consistent team yeah. year after year since Nick Saban has been there. See, that's why I have no college football chaos in my life.
0: Yeah, but you often, I I see from your Facebook post, you're afraid to even watch the games because you get so nervous. Uh, So where's all that confidence? Where's all that confidence?
1: No, no, no. I don't have to put myself through it. I go do something else, and then I look at the score. We always win, and so I go back and watch it. But why torture myself for that three hours? I like to know that we win and then watch it. Well, I
0: do think you're going to beat Michigan State. And I think you'll probably be favored in the final, which I'm guessing will be against Clemson. But uh, who knows? No. Um, but I, I think, you know, if I had to bet, I'd say Alabama will win the national championship. Uh, and I, I feel more strongly that they'll be in the national championship game. I can't imagine Nick Saban's going to lose in the semifinals again. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that's a pretty good bet. Now, here's my annual, and it, well, it's, it's going to be annual now because I can see the handwriting on the wall. See, because this four-team playoff has been a success, mm-hmm. you know, morons being morons and greedy people being greedy, what mm-hmm. are they going to do? They're going to make— They're going to add make, more. <laughs> right. They're going to want this to go to eight. Yeah. And that would be a, a stake in the heart of college football. And it's, it's complicated as to why, but here's the best explanation I can provide you. Because to me, this is a very liberal type of thinking here. Because liberals have an inability to see the unintended consequences of any particular action. If there were eight teams this year, the four most exciting games involving those top eight teams would have been totally meaningless Completely, they would have been rendered meaningless because the loser still would have made the 18 playoff. I'm talking about Michigan State, Iowa, Notre Dame, Stanford, Michigan State, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Clemson, all those games. They were tremendous finishes, all meaningless in an 18 playoff, but liberals are too stupid to see that, and greed will probably win. We'll continue this conversation when we come back on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com where you can check out each and every one of the 20 radio stations throughout this formerly great nation of ours, which broadcasts this program each and every Sunday evening. I still have a couple of segments left to go. We were discussing the college football playoff situation. Obviously with the bowl season coming up, there'll be plenty more opportunities to get into that Leah, but uh, there won't be many more opportunities to discuss something that I was uh, far more passionate about, uh, specifically this weekend, but really all year long. And that deals with high school football. Uh, I have, um, I never played high school football because my high school in suburban Philadelphia did not have a team. And I was far too small and too slow to ever play anyway. You
1: were I'll, golfing, please. Yeah,
0: I was not a football player. But however, I have, I have coached high school football bizarrely <laughs> and somewhat successfully, uh, in both New Jersey and here in California, my claim to fame is that I somehow was the head coach and offensive coordinator for UCLA star quarterback, Josh, uh, um, uh, in, uh, whatever his name is. What? Oh,
1: <laughs> whatever his name is. Right.
0: And, and he, he, in eighth grade, um, he was, I was his head coach and offensive coordinator. And, um, and I believe me, I had nothing to do with his success. And now that he's a star at UCLA, uh, so anyway, the point here is that uh, I really like high school football because, to me, especially in this era, uh, high school football might be the last pure form of football that there is, mm. uh, where there's a real connection to the school, and it's not about money, and you know, vast majority of kids never end up playing beyond high school, and know they're yeah, never. The gonna
1: the wussification doesn't oh. it
0: start there. Yes, it does. Um, mm. So, by the way, Josh Rosen obviously was the guy I was referring to. Was the high school quarterback for UC, uh, that I was the coach for at eighth grade. Now he's at UCLA. Anyway, the point is that um, so with high school, it's a totally different dynamic. And I agree with you; the wussification of America is being seen in high school football in a huge way. However, there are certain pockets where that wussification has been staved off, <laughs> and and one of them is a place called Steubenville, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And this is where I really fell in love with high school football because I was a TV sportscaster at the NBC affiliate in Steubenville, Ohio, Wheeling, West Virginia, back in the early 90s, making about $12,000 a year <laughs> and signing autographs, which was a bizarre experience because mm-hmm. everybody in the, you know, in back then, you know, television was still a big deal, local TV. That's what people watched because there weren't 800 different channels anyway. In Steubenville, there's a high school, Steubenville High School, that plays in a, a stadium that's got 10,000 seats, um, an electronic scoreboard, which back then was a huge deal, and a fire-breathing horse on the top of the scoreboard. At, at that time, the 10,000-seat stadium was for a city that only had about 24, 25,000 residents. It's like Brian now, Denny. Today, today, that same city only has 18,000 residents because the Steel— Mills and the coal mines are, are basically out of business, and there's no jobs. And, you know, Steubenville is a horrible place to live, especially in the wintertime. But, boy, during those, those Friday nights, it was electric, and I, I really loved it. And as a matter of fact, I ended up spending an entire year with the Steubenville High School football team uh, to write a book about the experience called Dynasty at the Crossroads, which no one ever bought, um, which was fine. Because uh, it really wasn't as good as it should have been. It was, you know, it was a great idea. The execution was not as good as it should have been because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was like 25 years old at the time. Anyway, long story short, in that process of, of spending that year with the high school football team, I had quite a relationship with their football coach named Reno Sakash. And Reno has gone on, uh, at the time he was already one of the most successful coaches in all of Ohio. Uh, but he's gone on to be by far the winningest current coach in the, in Ohio and is one of the all-time winningest coaches in Ohio. And all that was fine and good. He and I hated each other's guts during the process of writing the book. We, we hated each other.
1: It happens to you when you work with people.
0: Well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> me in particular or just in general yeah. no you oh me you in, in particular, particular. <laughs> oh well Leah, we haven't why do you think i'm in alabama <laughs> <laughs> fair enough all right so anyway the, but we stayed in touch all right we stayed in touch and some of you may be going steubenville steubenville where have i heard that name yeah. before mm-hmm. and so three plus years ago steubenville got caught up in what I refer to as the "Son of Penn State" scandal, uh, where the media decided that, "Wow, look, we got another small town in the Midwest where they're so obsessed with football that they let people rape children, <laughs> and uh, they they not only let them do it, they help them get away with it." Uh, mm. I mean, because that, that, in the media's minds, that's what happened at Penn State. It's not, and I knew that. Um, and so when they thought they had a similar narrative in Steubenville, they jumped all over it. And I saw this coming from a mile away. And without you know getting into all the details, um, I can assure you that there was no cover-up. At the, in Steubenville in the so-called Steubenville rape case. The news media had not a clue what the hell they were talking about. And while you're not allowed to say it because it's politically incorrect, even the actual original allegation was greatly exaggerated. still terrible. I'm not going to defend it. But see, this is what happens, Leah, whenever you have an allegation like this. Because no one wants to defend it, the other side gets to make up whatever crap they want to make up and everyone buys it. They go, oh my God, this is so horrible. Right. Well, no, hold on. It's terrible, but it's not not as bad as you think. Um, And I'm not going to get into all those details either. You're just going to have to trust me on this because I I don't talk about things that I don't know about and I haven't researched. And as much as I hated Reno and he hated me, I knew there was no chance, no chance at all that he was going to ever be part of a cover-up because his his wife would take his balls and throw them in the trash can. There was Hmm. no chance. By the way, he's not smart enough because as soon as I knew this was all about social media, I'm like – Reno can't even get into his email. There is no possible way he was running a cover-up of this complexity. And, by the way, just so you know, here's the one fact. I mean, this is how insanely stupid the news media is. They were claiming a cover-up in a case where the two players had never played a down of varsity football and were tried as adults within a week of the accusation being made.
1: There you go. I
0: mean, And by the way, all the evidence in the case—the phones, which the media made so much of—were given to the authorities in the football locker room at the demand of Reno. I mean, this was—it doesn't even get the—it doesn't even get out of the batter's box as far as you know a a cover-up is concerned. So, anyway, I um, realized that Reno was in big trouble, and I did not want to see his career, go down in flames like it happened with Joe Paterno. Because I knew how important this was to this small town. I mean, this is all they got. This is all. Yes, that's it. This is all Steubenville has is this football team and this stadium. That's it. And I did not want to – I mean, this had been too good for too long to see this go down on a bullcrap media firestorm. So I went to Steubenville several times. I even tried to get Reno ready to go on the Today Show at one point, which he refused to do. He he didn't do much of what I said to do. He did some. um, You know, I wrote a few columns in the local paper trying to defend the team and the school and and Reno because no one else was doing it. Um, The local TV station that I used to work for completely bought in because why? See, this is... One of the many things the national news media doesn't get in stories like this, they all go, well, the local media is saying it's true, so it must be true because the local media would be defending the locals. No, they wouldn't because they want to get the hell out of Steubenville. That's right. And if the national news media thinks this is going to be a big story, what are they going to do? Tell the national news media, go away, don't give me my big chance? Are you kidding? That's not the way it works. That's not what happened in Penn State. That's not what happened in Steubenville. So anyway. I remember one moment in particular in uh, the spring of 2013 when uh, we were trying to get Reno ready to go on the Today Show. And my old TV station had an interview with his boss, the superintendent of the schools, who would have been his buddy for, like, years and years and years. I mean, he, he, Reno thought this was his blood brother, right? And he's, yeah. on, and he's on television, and they ask him, are you willing to express public support for Coach Reno? And he says, No and Reno was stunned i mean yep. ashen his son rushes into the room uh, you know from his house he immediately drives over like dad what the hell is going on here this is insane reno tells me that night he's going to quit I'm like, no, you cannot.
1: That's no, no, you, you, no. Exactly, you cannot quit because
0: oh. then they think that you're guilty. Of course, you can't, you cannot quit. Mm-mm. Especially, I mean, you cannot. I mean, 30 year plus career, three it's three state championships over 300 wins. You cannot quit over this.
1: It's that's no. insane. You so, scream to any camera that'll well, hear you. Well,
0: he wasn't willing to do that because he he hates the media so much. He kept thinking they're not going to treat him fairly. So. Anyway, so he did, I got him not to quit. And when we come back, I want to tell you what happened after that and how it culminated this weekend. Uh, we'll do that on the John and Leah Show here on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. segment of this edition of the john and leah show my name is john Ziegler. my co-host is leah brandon and i want to continue with this story i'm telling about my uh, tangential although i think uh, somewhat substantive involvement in uh, a scandal that broke out a little over three years ago called the steubenville rape case which kind of had an interesting culmination although the national news media won't tell you this uh this particular weekend and i, I left with the story leah where really the nader for the head football coach at Steubenville High School, Reno Sakash, was the notion that uh, his buddy was not supporting him publicly and he was thinking right. about quitting, and I was telling him exactly as you said, that's not, we can't do it, no way. No, no, that, that's going to be the worst possible scenario. At the very least, make them fire you. I became convinced he was going to get fired. Um, now, what was interesting was that Reno kept saying, no, no, no. The board is going to stick by me. The board's going to stick by me, and I'm going. Ha! Did, I, I'm ha! like, I'm like, did you, did you see what happened at Penn State? Did you see what they did to Joe Paterno? I mean, the board he, is always the first to cave. Well, but what's interesting to me, maybe the most important part of this story, Leah, and there's a number of interesting aspects, is that for some reason, this little town of Steubenville, they don't give a crap. This little town has been so beat up. I just I think they basically gave the finger to political correctness and said, uh uh-uh, uh, we're not gonna cave. And so they didn't fire him and they let him coach that next year, but I'm thinking there's no way Reno can get through this year because because he, he's as is, is politically incorrect as they get. If he if he says a curse word and a parent complains, he's going to get fired. I mean, they're, they're, he's on the thinnest ice possible. And they had a terrible year by their stand oh. by their standards. They had a terrible year, right? They finished six and four, which normally doesn't even sniff the playoffs. They, they finished their last game of the season that they thought is their last game of the season they're all celebrating like it's the end of the, their careers, like the seniors are all crying. They find out some miracle happens on some game that doesn't even deal with them. They get into the playoffs by the skin of their teeth. They win three playoff games all coming from behind. They win their regional championship. Um, and, and and I swear to you, I think Reno would have gotten fired if they didn't get into the playoffs. And because what ends up happening is, in between the, the uh, winning the regional championship and the state semifinals, the attorney general of Ohio grandstands and comes in with these bogus indictments that have nothing to do with the original case. Nothing. But the media is so stupid they because he claims that it's part of the Steubenville rape case, that somehow this is vindication for the original bullcrap reporting. I, I, can, I can go I can for hours tell you what an absolute joke. That grand jury was and how absurd and politically motivated these charges were by the way none of them ended up sticking none of them the whole thing was bull crap and so they end up losing and okay fine so then next the next year they win the regional championship again but they're overmatched in the state semifinal because you know the idea that he's even able to hold this team together is unbelievable because one of the many problems is in this particular state in ohio all, any kid can transfer to another school if, it, if the boundaries touch your boundary lines. So with all this negative publicity that Steubenville's getting, how the hell they were able to hold a school together, nevertheless a team, is unbelievable. And, and so I'm thinking there is no chance that they're ever going to even compete again. Uh, this, his great career is going to fade away, and you know he'll be remembered for this scandal he had nothing to do with. So then this year comes around, and they clobber everybody. I mean, (laughs) they just crush them. They're beating teams... By an average score of 35 points, they're just annihilating everybody. They they go undefeated. By the way, they only were able to schedule nine games because of the scandal, because no one will schedule them. I mean, so you normally you play ten games, but this is these are all the implications of this bogus scandal. Everyone wanted to dodge them or and not play them
1: or oh my
0: uh, god, I mean it was,
1: it was insane. I mean, how long is this gonna drag on? Well, okay,
0: so gotta remember so that. The seniors on this year's team were freshmen when the scandal hit. So they're, they're living part of this. And so they go undefeated in the regular season. They crush their first-round opponent. They crush their second-round opponent. They win the regional championship for the third year in a row. They crush their semifinal opponent. So last night they play in Ohio State's stadium.
1: Oh so, wow! In, in
0: Ohio State's stadium,
1: <laughs> that's pl- huge. Right,
0: right. They're playing. They're playing for what would have been Reno's fourth state championship. By the way, the first one he won was back in 1984 in Ohio State Stadium. So, Unreal. So, so we've got this tremendous symmetry. We've got this these seniors who have endured the biggest crap storm that any high school football team has ever endured. Period. Right. They're heavily favored, and. Everything goes against them. Everything that could possibly go wrong goes wrong. They're tied 28-28 in the in the fourth quarter, and the other team kicks a 40-yard field goal, which in high school is, is, is unheard of, highly <laughs> unusual. Uh, Big Red still has a chance to pull it out at the end. Um, and their star running back, got uh, kid by the name of Johnny Blue, who's just awesome. He's going to be great in, in wherever college he goes to. Good uh, name, too. Yeah, great name. Uh, they give it to him on fourth and one from the, the other team's 23-yard line, and he gets stopped short. Uh, they actually got the ball back one more time, but they threw a desperation in interception. So after mm, all yeah. of this, and here I am, I am, I'm, I'm – <laughs> I mean, I'm more hyped listening to this game than I am the Super Bowl. Because I'm like, this would be so... It's revenge. Oh, the revenge on the news media. I could taste it. I mean, I was like, this would be the greatest FU to those <laughs> MFers of all time. To be able to put up on the side of that their stadium, Harding Stadium, forever and ever, 2015, state champions. I, I, I was thinking they were actually going to put middle fingers on either side of the, of the state championship <laughs> logo. Uh, you know, 2015, go screw yourselves.
1: Um, I mean, now it's. But st- you know the news media, yes, Steubenville. You know the team with the rape allegations. Oh. Anyway, they won. No, I went on. Go on Twitter and plug
0: in Steubenville, and you're going to see lots of tweets. Good. Defeated evil. Um, uh, you know, there was another one. Uh, I can't believe that the Ohio State officials referred to Steubenville and Reno as classy. Have they already forgotten? Uh, I mean, just uh. incredibly. this By the way, this is in a city. This is in Columbus, where the biggest newspaper in Columbus, the Columbus Dispatch, had an editorial cartoon of Reno. This was not this year, this was a couple years ago of Reno applauding one of his players. For raping a girl. Oh, good God. I mean, this, it's insane. But this, this, it's an interesting story in the micro, but in the larger scheme of things, what's important for your folks is in this media age, this is happening a lot. This mm-hmm. is not that unusual anymore. Mm-mm. Almost all of these types of stories, if they don't sound right, they aren't. And, and I've lived, i lived this one. I've lived the Penn State case. They're very similar. Frankly, Steubenville is a bigger bunch of bullcrap than Penn State <laughs> because at least with Penn State, there was some emails that you could misinterpret as somehow being part of a nonsensical cover-up, which they weren't. This was just unadulterated bullcrap, and it destroyed—I mean— it, it is not destroyed, thankfully, as proven by what Reno did this last three years, which is amazing, regardless of whether they won last night or not. It's unbelievable what he's held together. So they didn't destroy it, but they created enormous damage to this town's one great shining hope. And they have forever created a Google cancer on the city Ugh. of Steubenville, all because of something that was greatly exaggerated at its core and which the town, the team, the school had absolutely zero to do with. Zero. Well, they need to
1: sue somebody <laughs> but, just like, you know, the yeah. whole Rolling Stone thing.
0: I tried everything. I went to Steubenville, and I interviewed everybody. I sent the interviews to Bernie Goldberg of HBO <laughs> Real Sports. Bernie Goldberg. Bernie <laughs> wouldn't touch the story with a 10-foot pole because it's just too dangerous because you're See? you're having to deal with the issue of rape and therefore See? it's toxic. No thank you. And I'm like Jesus. If even Bernie Goldberg doesn't get it on this, I give up. That's right. All right, uh, Leah. Thanks for letting me tell that story. Uh, no problem. Wish, wish it would have been better finished, but you know that's my me life. Uh, good talking to you. We'll talk to you next Sunday. The pod- good. podcast at FreeSpeechBroadcasting.com Monday morning. Talk to you next Sunday. My name's John Ziegler.